Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. In Luke chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus makes a very intriguing statement. I'm sure you've heard this statement before. You've heard this teaching many, many times probably, but have you ever really pondered what Jesus really meant by this? Listen to the words. He says, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. What does it mean to love the Lord with your mind? How do you do that? I mean, I get love the Lord with all your heart, right? You want to give God your whole heart, and we should love him with all our soul and love him with tremendous strength, of course, but love God with our mind? What does that mean? Does that mean we just have to be really smart and get good scores on our tests and read lots of books? And What is that all about? How do we love the Lord with our mind? In our culture today, I hear a lot of talk about the heart. You know, I want to love God with my heart. I want to meet Jesus in my heart. My heart stirs for the Lord. I feel prompted by the Spirit in my heart. We talk a lot about the heart as Catholics, but I don't hear a lot of Catholics today talking about loving God with the mind. Yet that was really important to Jesus. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to love him with your mind. But what does it really mean today? I want to talk about a saint that the church celebrates this week. Uh, It's his feast day, but it's a saint that's often misunderstood. He's a saint that's certainly a great doctor of the church. He's written so many works on theology and philosophy. He's just known as like this, you know, intellectual powerhouse. Uh, But I think he's often misunderstood because we could view him as just like this you know, great scholar on campus, you know, doing lots of research and sitting in a library. That's not who this man was. No, first and foremost, he was a lover. He was a lover and he loved God so much. He wanted to know everything about him and he applied his mind to knowing the Lord so he could love the Lord. And that great scholar we're going to look at today, that great saint, that great mystic, is St. Thomas Aquinas, and that's what we're going to look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And, um, you know, speaking of like loving God with your mind, and if you want to know your faith better and you want to help others know your faith, maybe you've got a family member, a friend, uh, somebody at work, somebody in your parish that you just want them to take that next step in their journey with the Lord to know Jesus better, to know the Catholic faith better, to, to really know the gospel, to encounter not just the the, the basic catechetical truths of the faith, but the heart of the gospel message, there's something really exciting coming up here I, I want to tell you about. Have you ever heard of the Focus Seek Conference? Uh, so every year, Focus Fellowship of Catholic University students does this great conference, gathers usually in non-COVID years, you know, 20,000 people from all over gathering in a massive place to, to know their faith better, to fall down on their knees in adoration, to love the Lord in confession. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing event. And last year, because of COVID, we we did it as a digital conference, a, a live broadcast event. So we had amazing speakers presenting and tens of thousands of people gathering in parishes around the world, Catholic parishes, dioceses, people in their own homes, families uh, being a part of this great conference. Check it out. It's coming up here February 4th. 5th and 6th. If you want to hear from great presenters like Father Mike Schmitz, any Father Mike fans out there, Bible in the Year fans out there, Father Mike Schmitz, amazing. Uh, he's going to be presenting Sister Miriam. 
James is going to be presenting as well. You're going to hear from Curtis Martin. You're going to hear from many other great speakers. Uh, so check it out. You can go to seek.focus.org. And what's great about this is many times people tell me, I want to go to Seek someday. Oh, I wish I could go. I just It's on the other side of the country. It costs a lot to get there. But guess what? This year, Seek is coming to you. It can come to your own parish. You can sponsor a small group. You can It can come right into your own living room with your own family. And you could be a part of the, the live event conference that we have. It comes with small groups, a great opportunity. We're walking through the heart of the gospel message, which is what many Catholics just, they don't know. They grew up Catholic. They know there's 12 apostles, 10 commandments, seven sacraments, but they don't really know the heart of the gospel message, the saving love of Jesus Christ. They don't know it in a personal way. They don't know it in a way that has completely changed their lives. And if you have a friend, a family member, you want to help them take that next step in their journey with the Lord, invite them to, to a small group and participate in the SEEK conference. Again, you can go to seek.focus.org, seek.focus.org uh, to check it out. Uh, or you could just watch it right with your own family. If you want to renew your own devotion to the Lord, as we all should do, we all need to renew our own encounter with Jesus Christ, our, our Holy Father Pope Francis often reminds us of. Uh, check out the SEEK conference, again, seek.focus.org to find out more information about that. But let's turn to our saint for the day. It's the saint we celebrate this week here in the Catholic Church, St. Thomas Aquinas, a medieval saint that many of you may have heard of Aquinas. He's He's known for just being like this intellectual giant, you know, this amazing theologian, uh, this world-class philosopher. He's written a commentary on every book of the Bible. He wrote his famous Summa Theologiae, a whole summary of theology. So he really is like the scholar extraordinaire. And yet, what we have to see is all of that work of applying his mind to knowing and understanding the truths of the faith it was, was really at the service of something deeper within him. He was primarily a lover. He's someone who loved the Lord, and he wanted to love God with his mind, to know more about him so he can give his heart to him more. Yeah, Aquinas was primarily a lover, not just a scholar. He, he was a mystic. He was known for spending hours and hours and hours in prayer. He was known for many times like, weeping, weeping in prayer over the love of the Lord for him. He was known as, as someone that wrote many poems and hymns that we use to this day. If you've ever uh, gone to benediction, you know, Eucharistic adoration maybe, and where they uh, sing some of these famous hymns like Tantum Ergo and others, uh, he wrote a number of those Eucharistic hymns that we have. So think of him. He, he wrote love songs. That's what these were. They were love songs. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's at the heart of Aquinas. Yes, he was you know, the doctor of the church, the, the, the common doctor, they call him, like the one above all the others, the one that whatever kind of flavor of Catholicism you may have, you know, whether you like this kind of music or this kind of music, whether you're Eastern Rite or, or Latin Rite, whatever kind of Catholic you might be, he's the common doctor for us all, Thomas Aquinas. And he was primarily a lover, but he applied his mind. And I want to talk about things that we can learn from Aquinas. I don't want you to think that you have to become you know, a, a great scholar yourself, that you have to go get a, a master's degree or a PhD. I mean, I, I love that, of course. That'd be awesome. But, you know, but, but it doesn't mean you have to just be super, super smart. But how can you love God with the mind that you have? Whether you were an A student in college or you, you struggled and maybe were a, just a, a B student or you really struggled and you were a C student, it doesn't matter. That's not, that, that's not what we're looking at here. We're talking about 
with the mind that we have, do we apply it to love God? I want to talk about how we do that. Uh, and it doesn't mean you have to go off and like become some great academic hero. Uh, let me tell you a story about Aquinas. Uh, one of my favorite cities to go to in Italy uh, is a city just about, just about an hour north of Rome, Orvieto. And St. Thomas Aquinas spent time there. And I love Orvieto. There was a Eucharistic miracle that took place there. There's a beautiful, beautiful cathedral that's there, beautiful medieval city up on top of a hill. And one of the places I really like to go is this little church where they have a cross that spoke to St. Thomas Aquinas. So Thomas, St. Thomas was in prayer. He'd been working so hard all of his life, and he was working on this fam most famous work. It's the resource of Aquinas I use the most. I have it right here on my bookshelf, right to the left where I'm recording right now. I can see my, my, my five volumes of the Summa, where he's just walking through everything from the existence of God to God's revelation for us, uh, to the law, to the moral life and our response to God. In, uh, and, and then he's working through the sacraments. And so this is his massive, like, you know, tome, his massive work. And he, he's devoted his whole life toward knowing and loving God and teaching others. And, and he's getting close to finishing this massive work called the Summa Theologia, the Summary of Theology. And he has this mystical experience in prayer where the cross of Jesus Christ speaks to him. And, and, the, and Jesus says, Thomas, you have written well of me. That's a pretty good compliment. <laughs> I hope God will say something like that of, of anything I've ever written. That's pretty amazing. If Jesus himself says, you've written well of me, that, I mean, that, that's A plus right there, I think. So uh, way to go, Thomas, right? This is incredible. But nevertheless, he had this experience in prayer, this mystical experience of seeing, seeing Jesus and seeing his amazing love. And, and he realized that everything he had written was nothing, nothing in comparison to the glory of God himself. And Aquinas in the end just stopped writing. And he said, everything I've written is just straw, just straw. In other words, Aquinas got this great compliment from, from Jesus about how well he had written of him. Thomas is known as the common doctor. This is his most famous work. And yet in the face of the actual mystery of God himself, Aquinas was just in, in such humility. And he knew that Anything I've written, as good as it might be, and it was really good, right? As good as it might be is nothing in comparison to the amazing love and glory of God himself. I think that gets us a sense of who this man was, a man of great humility, of great devotion, but a man who did apply his mind to want to know as much as he could about the Lord. See, Aquinas was a lover who wanted to know and love everything, everything about his beloved. That's why he took time to learn his faith, to understand the faith, to ask questions. And he, and he wanted to teach other people, not to make them smart Christians, but he, but he wanted to teach them so that they could know the Lord better and love him more. I'm going to share with you a, a quote I often think of on this topic. It's from uh, Frank Sheed. You may remember he was a great Catholic writer of the early part of last century. And um, did so much to write about defending the faith and also Frank Shee, this is uh, something he said once. He said, knowledge serves love in a still better way. In other words, sometimes people think, well, you don't really need to know your faith that well. I just love Jesus. I just pray a lot. 
I, I can just do Lexio Divina, study my Bible. I don't really need to know my faith. I don't need to learn more about my faith. I don't need to learn more about the Bible. I don't need to learn more uh, about the catechism. You know, I, that's not that important. What's important is that I just love Jesus and I go to adoration and I'm in a Bible study group. I'm in my men's group. I'm in my women's group. That's all I need. Listen to what, what she says. She says, knowledge serves love in a still better way because each new thing learned and meditated about God is a new reason for loving him. <laughs> I love that. Each new thing learned and meditated about God is a new reason for loving him. Do you want to love God? Then you want to learn more about him. Do you want to love God? Then you want to learn more about the Bible. I mean, God took time to write these love letters to you. <laughs> they called, called the sacred scriptures. And, and he wants you to, to know and understand them. Do you, do you want to love God? Then you need to know your faith. Do you, do you read the catechism ever? Do you, do you understand the, right, the role of the sacraments in your life? Do you understand God's marvelous plan of salvation in the creed? Do you understand the moral teachings of the church? I mean, we all have so many areas to go. Look, I have a PhD and I still have so many things I don't know and I need to learn. And, uh, but wherever we are, are we trying our best to apply our mind so that we can know and understand God and his revelation to us? Because the more I learn about God, the more I have reasons to love him. I think about my wife, Beth. We've been married oh, almost 23 years here. And you know, the, the more I learn about her, and I know my wife really well. I know her better than anyone else. I think I can say this. Anyone else here on this planet, I know her better. But I still am learning many things about her. Yeah, just, just new things. I just learned about some kind of food that she likes that I never knew this for 23 years. It was amazing. I just learned this last week. Uh, last night, my wife and I, we were just staying up late and having a conversation, and she'd been reading some things from St. Elizabeth of the Trinity and St. John of the Cross, and uh, we were just having a wonderful conversation about the things that she was learning, and we are talking about that, and 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 there's just parts about what, what she's been reflecting on in those those two great saints that uh, that are that were new to me, and I'm not talking about the theological idea. I'm talking about the way my my wonderful wife was just reflecting on them and thinking about our own lives and and how they relate. It was just like a, a new a new aspect of my wife, just a little new uh, a, another window into the soul of this beautiful woman that I love. But it gave me more reason to love her. I even said to her, I said, "Oh, I love you." <laughs> right, right after, oh, that's so beautiful. You know, I'm just learning about her more. And that's after 20, you know, almost 23 years of marriage. There's, there's always more to learn about the ones we love. And if that's true with human beings here on earth, how much more true that is about our God, who is infinitely good, infinitely beautiful. Uh, there, we're going to have all eternity to continue to marvel over the goodness of our Lord, to know him better so that we can love him better. That's why we want to take time to form our minds and make it a priority. I think many of us in our Catholic world today, we, we just don't make faith formation a priority. We're just too busy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure people, you know, maybe they, they click on things on social media, they listen to Catholic radio, or, you know, we do certain things that are kind of that in the background and supporting our faith. But how much do we actually really try to form our minds so that we can love Jesus more? That's what Aquinas was. Aquinas wasn't just a scholar, he was a lover, and he wanted to know his beloved. Uh, there's a great story about Aquinas, how um, uh, in the Dominican Friary, there was late at night, in the middle of the night, they just hear this noise coming out of the chapel. Boom, boom, boom. This loud, 
banging noise coming from the chapel in the middle of the night and it woke up some of the other Dominican friars and, and they, and it kept getting louder. Boom, boom, boom. And, and then they, they walk into the chapel and they see St. Thomas Aquinas laying prostrate in the chapel, laying down flat before the blessed sacrament, banging his head on the ground. <laughs> and what, what was he doing? He was, he, there was a, something in the scriptures he didn't understand and, and he was begging God, show me, give me the light, help me to understand what do you mean by this passage? <laughs> so if you want to love God, you have to be a biblical, you know, a biblical headbanger. <laughs> so, uh, but, but I, I share that story because it just shows, again, I, I, Aquinas was just intense. He was so in love with God. He wanted to understand everything that God had revealed to us. And so he applied his mind the best he could and begged God for light and for grace to understand. Now, again, we don't need to be at that level, of course. I hope no one's feeling overwhelmed, but just wherever you are in life, whatever state of life you are, uh, whatever faith formation background you had, we all have room to grow. So I want to speak to some of you who are kind of new in your faith. You know, maybe you just became Catholic in recent years, or uh, maybe you, you've been Catholic all your life, but you just didn't know that much about your faith. Take time to just learn. Go, go find a good book. And, and read, read about your faith. I think that that's, that's super important. I'm going to talk about that, you know, or you're somebody that, you know, you do have a really good faith formation. Well, do something that's going to push you a little bit more. Do something that's going to stretch you. Like maybe you don't know much about this aspect of the faith. And you say, I think I need to know more about the Holy Spirit, or I think I need to know more about the mass. I mean, I know about the real presence of the Eucharist, but I don't know that much about all the prayers and the rituals of the mass. Take time to learn about the mass. Or maybe you know you you're raising kids and you want to understand all the big moral issues today because they've got questions when they get into their teenage years. So read a book that explains why does the church teach this about marriage or why does it teach this about sexuality or whatever. You know, just do something to form your mind wherever you're at, whether it's a baby step or a big step. Wherever you're at, do something to form your mind. Another thing to do is don't separate the head and the heart. As I mentioned today, there's a lot of talk about the heart. And I think we interpret that the heart, we, with the way many Catholics talk about the heart today, they, they talk about it more in an emotional way. It's about my experience, my experience with Jesus, the feelings I get. You know, the, it, it's something more emotional. But in the Bible, the heart primarily is about the will. It's, it's the will. It's when I choose to do something. If I want to love God with my heart, it's not about sitting in the chapel and I feel so close to Jesus and this is really good. Oh, great. When you have those moments of consolation, they're wonderful. You thank the Lord for it, but that's not love. Love is an act of the will. What is the, the Catholic definition of love is to will the good. I seek what's good. I choose this. So that even if I don't have a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings, I still choose to do this, right? All right. So when, when my kids make a big mess on the floor and there's just pretzels all over and they've already gone to bed, they didn't clean it up. I, I just sound like I get warm feelings. Oh, I just love cleaning up after my kids when they don't clean up after themselves. This just makes me come alive. <laughs> you know, no, that's not what's going on there. But I choose, I make the choice. I got to do this. This is what I need to do. And many times in life, we're called to love, but it has nothing to do with feelings. But I am giving my heart. I'm choosing to do the good. And here's the key if I want to love God with my heart, I have to love him with my mind. I need my mind to be formed well so I know the good. I know the right thing to do. When I have a child that's misbehaving, what, what do I, how do I respond to that? How do I love my child? 
again, I don't have a lot of feelings going, oh, I just love it when this child is being ornery and this child is complaining and whining or this child is being disobedient. I just get feel more feelings about that. No, but I'm called to love that child in that moment, but it, it's going to require the formation of my mind. I need to know what is right and wrong. What does this child need to do? I need to know prudently what's the best way to address it. Uh, I can't just, you know, go, well, I don't want to confront him because he's going to get more mad or I don't want to confront this child because he's going to have a breakdown. No, no, that's actually not good for the kid. That's not love. But at the same time, just yelling at the kid or losing my temper, that's not good. I need, In other words, I need to be thinking, thinking with a Catholic mind. What's the most virtuous thing to do here? And the more I'm formed in my faith, the more I'm formed in understanding the virtues in this case the better I'm going to be able to love this child when he's having his breakdown moment. (laughs) So I think that that's another thing. Don't separate the head and the heart. Realize that the the heart is not about emotions and experience. It's primarily about an act of the will and choosing to do the right thing. That's what love is. And, And you need your mind to know the right thing. You need your mind to form your desires, to form your emotions so that you your emotions and desires are ordered toward what is good and not ordered toward what the world says is good. So if I which leads to my next point, and I'll leave you with this. And I often say this on the show, but we all need to be reminded of this. If we're going to be renewed in our mind, if we're going to love Jesus with our mind, we have to be more detached from what the world is telling us. We have to be more detached from what's out there in the media, our screens, social media. These things affect us. And if I want to love Jesus with my mind, it's hard to do that if I'm constantly scrolling on Instagram and taking in all these images from what the world is saying really matters the most. You know, or what Netflix is holding up is, this is what beauty is. This is what makes you happy. This is what success looks like. In other words, all the images you see on YouTube, on Instagram, on on Netflix, on Amazon Prime, uh, coming from Hollywood, all the images out there are holding up a certain standard of life, a certain standard of success, a certain standard of what will make you happy, a certain standard of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what is true beauty, what is love, what is sex for. In other words, it's constantly shaping our mind and imagination. And realize that when you spend time on all of those things, you're getting faith formation. You are. It's shaping your faith. Not for good, but it is shaping your faith because what you put in your mind starts to shape your desires. And it shapes kind of like your what you want to run after in life. So we got to be very careful what we put into our minds. And so let, let's, let's be very cautious of what we're taking in so that we can fill our mind with good things, fill our mind with the truth, fill our mind with good books, uh, good books that help us to think about the lives of the saints or think about the truths of our faith so that we can love Jesus with our mind. If we take in too much of the the empty amusements that are out there in our secular age, if we're not very, very careful, um, those things will make it all very hard for us to love Jesus, to love Jesus in our minds, which is the first step to really loving him in our hearts, choosing the good. So let's 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 fill our minds with good things. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. Again, if you want to form your mind with great, great 
content about the gospel message from people like Father Mike Schmitz, Sister Miriam, Curtis Martin, and many others. Check out the Seek Conference coming up in that first weekend of February, 4th through 6th. Uh, go to seek.focus.org. That's seek.focus.org to learn more about how to bring Seek to your parish, how to bring it to your small group, your Bible study group, your men's group, your women's group could participate in this. It comes with small group questions, perfect for uh, facilitating easily a great conversation around the heart of our Catholic faith. Watch it at home, watch it with your family, watch it with your friends, watch it at the parish. Check out seek.focus.org. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless.